This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. This week's message was originally given on Easter Sunday, April 17th, 2022. Pastor Emma Peterson delivers her message, Out of the Muck, Lotus Blossoms, COVID-19, and Resurrection. An Easter Sermon. Nelumbo nucifera, commonly known as the lotus and colloquially known as the water lily, is a species of aquatic plant that grows in the floodplains of slow-moving rivers and deltas. Stands of lotus drop hundreds of thousands of seeds along the murky, silty bottoms where they grow. The seeds that sprout immediately are mostly consumed by wildlife, but the seeds that are left can remain dormant, even if the water source where they are planted dries up. When it floods, dormant seeds break open and rehydrate, creating a new lotus colony. Because they grow in murky, often stagnant water, And because they can remain dormant for such a long time before coming back to life, Buddhists associate the flower with purity, enlightenment, self-regeneration, rebirth, and resurrection. Buddhists draw analogies of the human condition to the lotus, asserting that human beings are capable of thriving beyond even the dankest, murkiest circumstances and that even if our spirits lay dormant for many years, enlightenment is always possible. The Buddha is often depicted sitting on a lotus flower, rising above the cloudy waters below, blossoming in enlightenment. Themes of resurrection, a desire to return to life anew, appear across cultures and religions. On this particular day, we recognize Easter Sunday, the day in the Christian calendar in which Jesus Christ is said to have risen from the dead, proclaiming triumph over the empire that murdered him and restoring the broken hearts of his followers. This desire to be reborn is universal, and its persistent occurrence across our collective history speaks to the power of hope and the triumph of the human spirit. Buddhism teaches that the soul's progress towards enlightenment requires us to be reborn into new bodies thousands of times. In each incarnation, we encounter the world's joys and sufferings from unique perspectives, encouraging our souls along the path to enlightenment. When our souls reach nirvana, the highest state of consciousness we can achieve, we return to the one great source from which we all are created. In this continual cycle of rebirth, Buddhism's own conception of resurrection is revealed. Resurrection of individual souls extends throughout Eastern religion, seen in Hinduism through the process of karma, in which we are continually reborn, 
our souls carrying every action and reaction throughout our lifetimes, responding and hopefully growing in each incarnation. Reincarnation demonstrates the human desire to be transformed and made new in the wake of all that we endure. What distinguishes Eastern spirituality's conception of rebirth from Christianity's conception of resurrection is the reincarnation of the immaterial soul. Releasing the soul from the material trappings of the world is essential in the process of enlightenment. The Christian story of Jesus's resurrection is decidedly material, as his physical body, wounds and all, rises from the dead. Numerous biblical passages point to the literal physical physical resurrection of the communion of saints when Jesus Christ returns, affixing a return to life after death firmly to our one earthly body. And yet, despite differences in the method of incarnation, the themes relate to an aspect of the human condition, which is the desire for the grief of life, the losses, disappointments, and tragedies to be healed, perhaps even in transformative ways. There are many Christians who believe that without Christ's resurrection, their religion is meaningless that the ministry of Jesus, his threat to the empire that murdered him, and his call to strike down the powerful and raise up the marginalized, would mean nothing if he were not truly raised from the dead. I reject this position because I find the ministry of Christ, his love for the outcast, his hatred of hypocrisy and greed, his faith in a God who weeps with us when we weep, to stand on its own, apart from the story of his return after death. It is the grief of those who loved him, and their insistence on spreading the news of his ministry, where the transforming power of Christ truly lies. When Jesus dies, his disciples and loved ones are utterly bereft. The story in the Christian gospel says that Jesus was crucified, died, buried, and raised from the dead in a period of only three days. In these three days, his disciples were still in active mourning, shocked in the wake of their Savior's murder. So when Jesus returns, their grief intermingles with their joy, and it is, it is in this in-between space that the transformation occurs, that their sadness bubbles up to the surface that in their sadness bubbles up to the surface the power of their love and their hope that the death of their friend was not in vain, that it can become some new thing. Love, like the blooming lotus, is stronger than even the murkiest waters of human suffering and despair. I believe that love and justice are powerful enough to raise us from the dead. But I reject the Christian doctrine that the crucifixion of Jesus saved us from our own sinfulness, or that it was the will of God to murder his own son for the sake of the world. Indeed, this doctrine has damaged us terribly, and it has entrenched a culture that glorifies violence and suffering. The murky water where the lotus blossoms remains beneath the surface 
the surface where the flower blooms. The flower does not cleanse the water. The violence of the crucifixion and the grief and anguish resulting from the death of Jesus remains even after he returns. In fact, Jesus does not rise in a healed body. His scars, the wounds on his hands and feet, and the gash in his side are still present. Because the resurrection does not erase the violence done to him, and it does not heal the world of the violence that follows after. We don't get to dismiss the violence done to Jesus, which is the violence then done to millions of human beings who came after him simply because he returned. We are transformed in the resurrection. We are transformed in the blossoming of the lotus because grief is transformative and love specifically God's love for creation, is stronger than human violence. Love is the greatest power in the world, despite the empires that reign, despite a narrative that tells us violence cleanses our spirits. I recently read the book Proverbs of Ashes by Rita Nakashimi Brock and Rebecca Ann Parker. Through the lens of their own experiences with violence and trauma, Brock and Parker dismantle the Christian glorification of violence rooted in the story of the crucifixion. Brock and Parker assert that to believe that Jesus's death was divinely sanctioned by God, his father, endorses cosmic child abuse, and they reject any theology that worships such a cruel and violent deity. This doctrine, evolving over 2,000 years, has resulted in a theology that glorifies suffering and tells victims that the violence perpetrated upon them is theirs to endure for the purpose of their sanctity. This doctrine also empowers abusers and those who wish to wield power and control under the guise that their actions are justified by their faith. The violence of Christian doctrine may be unique, and it may not be, but the idea that suffering exists for our betterment is pervasive across cultures and religions. What is missed in these spiritualities is the in-between place where suffering transforms, where violence is revealed for what it is, where witness and human connection recognizes grief as the consequence of love and loss, where we begin to believe that there might be life after death. Parker and Brock write, We cannot say what would have happened if Jesus had not been murdered, but unjust, violent death is traumatizing. His community retain the scars and limitations of those who survive violence. Christianity bears the marks of unresolved trauma. Jesus' resurrection and the continuation of his movement are not triumphs, but a glimpse of the power of survival of the embers that survive the deluge. The water is not cleared when the lotus blooms. The loss is not healed when Jesus returns. Parker and Brock assert that love is as strong or stronger than death that nothing, not our own entrenchment in violence and greed, not our own fallibility and casual cruelty, 
can separate us from the love of God. From a humanist perspective, no degree of depravity can separate us from the call to our higher selves. There is no empire on earth that is stronger than the collective human spirit, nothing more powerful than the interconnected web of existence. In the early spring of 2020, former President Trump appeared at a news conference where he declared that he wanted to see the country opened up and just raring to go by Easter. At the time of this conference, Easter was less than two weeks away, and we were only a month into what is now stretched into a two-year-long pandemic. Trump called for packed churches on Easter Sunday 2020, declaring it would be a beautiful thing to see. In my sermon after his remarks, I preached that Easter does not belong to the empire. Rather, Easter belongs to all people who desire resurrection in their own lives, to all people who desire to see evil defeated, violence banished, and mercy and love installed as rightful rulers. Easter belongs to all those who believe that love is more powerful than evil, who recognize the human drive towards survival comes from our stubborn insistence that there is joy to be found in the wreckage. The muddy waters of life may never clear, but the lotus blooms in the muck. The grief, disappointment, loss, and isolation of the last two years will not be undone, but in our resilience, some new thing will be created. The death of night is long but joy comes in the morning. There is growth to be found in the wreckage, and we are called to nurture even the dimmest signs of life within ourselves. The story of Jesus's life and death, like the spiritual effort of journeying towards enlightenment, speak to the human propensity for hope, even in the most dire of circumstances. Easter is a day of joy, and this is a season of Easter, when the shock of what we have collectively endured is still mingled with the elation of our return to a life we are ever more grateful to be living. When uncertainty, caution, and grief meet gratitude for the day at hand and hope for a better future in equal measure, this is the feeling of joy. And that is the feeling of Easter. It is the belief that love is stronger than death and that even death is not the end. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors to attend our online services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, 
Send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.